This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 690, Spotlight on Toy Story 4. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 690, and it's our Spotlight on Toy Story 4 episode. That's right, Toy Story 4. Everyone else is talking about Spider-Man Far From Home, which came out on July 2nd. Uh, but instead, on this episode from <laughs> for recording and releasing on July 5th, let's go all the way back to, what was it, Friday the 21st of June, which seems so far away, but was only two weeks ago, um, when uh, Toy Story 4 actually came out. Uh, so I was really excited for a long time about seeing Toy Story 4. Um, my wife and I had a bit of a, a Pixar thing in the early years of our relationship. Uh, our first actual date after meeting online was uh, going to see Wally, uh, which I loved um, and she loved as well. And that was obviously an important thing for us. And then um, the day after we got engaged, we watched Up, um, which was about a year later, and we loved that. And then the day after we got married, we saw Toy Story 3. Um, so, you know, Pixar was a big deal. Now, have we, we, have, we haven't seen everything right away, and they didn't always have a, a, a specific connection to our family anymore in terms of specific kind of milestones. Although, I will say Zach's first movie, my son Zach, uh, his first movie was Inside Out, uh, which was, I believe, five... Whew. Five years ago? Four years ago? I can't remember. Oh, it was four years ago. I just got a reminder the other day on Facebook because I had taken pictures of that event. So um, so four years ago, his first film was Inside Out. So Pixar was definitely a, uh, a thing that was important for us. And he definitely loves Pixar movies. He's a big fan of the Cars franchise. Uh, really, Well, at least one in three. We don't watch two. It's so funny. I think about... Cars 2, and when it first came out, I wasn't really a big fan of Cars 1. I'd only watched it once, maybe twice. I never saw it in theaters, and I had just a different relationship with the movie. And then I remember seeing the second one and liking it more because it was something different. And then, as I've gone back, I really started to appreciate Cars 1, and it makes me hate Cars 2, and which is funny. And then I loved Cars 3, and I don't think a lot of people did, but I really enjoyed kind of the thorough line there. Uh, and, and obviously, if it's a picture movie, it's going to be emotional in some way. Which brings us to Toy Story 4. So I was very excited about you know seeing to, uh, you know a new Toy Story movie. Um, you know my son has never seen a Toy Story movie in theaters, which is kind of crazy because I I think about the third one doesn't feel like it's been that long. But it's been nine years. Uh, it came out in 2010. So my son is you know turning six this year. He's never seen a Toy Story film in theaters. So for once we're finally gonna be able to to see him. So it was funny because originally this year. I was going to be, I take a road trip with my brothers-in-law and we go to a new baseball stadium every year. Although this year was one I actually went to last year with my family because we're also doing a baseball trip with my family, uh, which is me and my wife and Zach. Um, so this year we were going to go away on the, uh, I guess it was the 17th and 9th. We we're going to see the Phillies play. I think it was the Nationals or some, or no, the Phillies play the Cincinnati Reds. We were all pumped for it. And then uh, my son is a Beaver Scout and they announced that the, the spring camp was going to, or summer, well, it's still technically spring, was going to be be, um, on the 8th and 9th of June. And we're like, oh man, we find like we went through everything to tr- scheduling this trip. Four guys, of which uh, three of us have, have children now. There was a lot of work back and forth. Anyways, we're like, ah, oh, bummer. What's, what other week can we go? 
because we ended up deciding on going on uh, on the week of the 21st to 23rd, which meant I wasn't going to be able to see Toy Story 4. And my wife makes fun of me because I had the most mad FOMO. And I feel like no one was really talking about Toy Story 4. Like, now that, and I'll get there, but when Far From Home just released on the 2nd, first of all, I felt like everyone and their mother had seen an advanced screen copy or like, you know, the week before. So already I was getting like serious FOMO, people talking about it. And I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see this movie. It drops on a Tuesday, which is super weird. I mean, I live in Canada, so our holiday was the first. We don't have the fourth off, so it just kind of felt like, ugh, like who goes and sees a movie on a Tuesday? And uh, I, I just felt all out of sorts of headache because like, I really want to watch it. Anyways, I'm going to get to why I haven't seen it yet. Um, anyway, so, you know, with Toy Story, I was so excited to see it, but then I was going to be away uh, at this camp. Uh, sorry, I was going to be away in, in Philadelphia that weekend, and uh, we can't really take my son to a, an evening show. It's not really good for him uh, to go to an evening show. The, so the first chance we were going to get was going to be you know the weekend of the 28th to the 30th of June, and that wasn't going to necessarily work uh, because uh, you know it's a Canada Day long weekend for those in Canada. So we have a we have a holiday, so we were going to you know take time. We we're going to go to a cottage on the Saturday morning, come back Sunday. And I was like, oh man, we got to see Toy Story four. It might kill me. And at one point, my son actually went up to my mom. Or sorry, his mom, my wife, and said, um, you know, I really want to see Toys Before, but we can't because dad's not home. I'm like, so sorry that I'm ruining your life, kid. Uh, I'm sad about it, too. Anyways, so we finally got to see it. Before I talk about Toy Story 4, and I am i swear most of this episode is going to be all this other crap and not actually talking about Toy Story 4. Um, so two days after we see Toy Story 4, obviously Spider-Man Far From Home comes out. Everyone's talking about it on, on Twitter, and it just feels like everyone I know, everyone I follow is talking about it. I'm just like, it's, it's literally killing me inside. I have bad FOMO. I just want to see it. Um, it's killing me a little that I haven't seen it. It's, you know, come out days ago. My wife, both for Toy Story 4 and for Spider-Man Far From Home, was like, you're being the biggest baby. And I'm like, I know, but I don't care. I am a baby about this stuff. So we are going on a vacation. Uh, well, vacation. It's a, tr- it's, a, it's a crazy madcap trip, but my wife and I are uh, leaving, uh, leaving Canada on the 7th of July, heading down to Cleveland uh, because we're going to be uh, we, we have tickets to go to the uh, baseball all-star game this year, so we're going to tickets to the home run derby to the all-star game, to the futures game, the celebrity softball game, so it's going to be super busy uh, but the first chance we have to not where we don't have to worry about you know someone having to watch Zach is going to be on Monday I guess the, the 8th of July so the movie comes out on the 2nd, so it's going to be killing me that I've, I'll be waiting 6 days to see an MCU release, but I really wanted to see Spider-Man with my wife because I know that she actually would like it. Um, I remember for um, Spider-Man Homecoming, I saw it, I believe, with uh, two friends. And I think we podcasted in the car, me and my friend Leonor Alana. And uh, I think a couple weeks later, I was on a... a, a cottage vacation with with kelly and we decided to you know as our, our date night was actually to drive farther than we normally would have from the cottage back into a smaller town uh with a nicer big big uh, cinema uh compared to you know the kind of the usual local ones you might find but this was actually one of the kind of the main uh cineplexes that exist in, in canada uh, as a chain and we, we saw spider-man homecoming she really liked it anyway so she was like yeah let's see that and so when we were talking earlier this year and everyone was like oh when are we gonna podcast about spider-man i'm like oh i'm gonna i'm i've kind of I've uh, I've you know I've promised that to Kelly and we're gonna we're gonna see that and I I've, I told her like you have to podcast about this she's like yeah yeah hoping maybe I forget uh, but we have a, a you know a four and a half uh, hour ride home on uh, on Wednesday the tenth so you better believe that uh, hopefully some of that's going to be spent on podcasting and talking about Spider Man anyways let's talk about. Toy Story 4. It's been seven minutes. Maybe we should talk about this movie. Um, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Um, You know, the third one was 
it, I, it's inter- it's so interesting to me. The third one, I liked it at the time, and I feel like I didn't love the movie as much as the second one on the first viewing, but definitely felt that the ending was emotionally heartbreaking um, because you know I'm a collector of things. I love comic books. Like, of course, someone giving away their childhood toys, their their prized possessions from when they were a child would be very hard for me to watch because it would make me think of my own. Like, I'm, you know, I, I still have some of my, like, the last kind of toys I had from, like, the 90s that I really liked and enjoyed, the Spider-Man toys and stuff, that I kept kind of with me. There was, a, like, a small bag of them that I always kind of had with me when I was in university. I kind of had them around. I just liked them. And, um, you know, and then Zach has taken over some of those. And I don't always know where they even are all are now. And I'm kind of okay with it, but it was hard at first. Um, you want to be able to share things with your child, but at the same time, you don't want them to touch them, <laughs> which is funny. Um, I was reading, uh, my dad sometimes clips out these uh, cartoons from, you know, the Sunday Funnies type of type of thing, and one of them was like, you know, this is the comic, but this is the first appearance of this character, and da-da-da-da-da, and you're never to touch it without daddy. And then there was, like, another cartoon, which I think it might have been of the same you know, um, comic strip, but from a totally separate period because this is stuff he clipped out over the course of like months. Where it was, um, some it was a you see the parents kind of sit and reading, and in the other room, this kid goes up to Alexa and says, "Alexa, how do I get my fingerprints off a comic book? That, a comic book that my dad told me not to touch, or something to that effect?" And it really made me laugh. But um, anyway, so Toy Story three really affected me in that level, and so I, I you know I didn't know what the fourth one was going to be like. It definitely looked interesting, um, and it definitely you know is about. You know, kind of moving on and when one's purpose is fulfilled, what they would do from there. And I, one thing I did not think about initially, but someone mentioned it online and it really struck me afterwards, is that uh, Buzz Lightyear really does not do a lot in this film. Like, he definitely has a role. And it's interesting the idea of how they play with his kind of internal um, voice, if you want to call it that, or his inner voice uh, is definitely used here, which is interesting um, and kind of played for gags throughout the film. But, you know, he didn't have a huge role here. Whereas it felt like in the other films he definitely did, or he just had more of a, a presence. Whereas this, in this one is it's much more about Woody, uh, kind of again having this this crisis of what do you do when you when you are fulfilled when everything you were trained to do is is kind of done, um, and it's kind of like a retirement parable, I guess you know because he's he's kind of being left out in the cold um, with Bonnie, like Bonnie loves him, but you know also he's not being used anymore or played with as much and. Uh, it's such an interesting film. He so much, so badly wants to have a purpose, and you know he had one with Andy. And moving on is difficult, and it's not the same as it was, but it's hard. And it's just such an interesting parallel to what a lot of people could feel in their lives. Um, really fun. Um, obviously, Pixar is amazing at finding humanity in emotions, in fish, and in toys, in cars. It doesn't really matter what it is; they'll they'll figure out a way to draw a human connection from that and so I was really struck by the film in that in that level and you know having his relationship with Bo Peep was really really strong and and you know the, when they say goodbye it's at the beginning it's heartbreaking and um, when they you know get reconnected I also wasn't sure if they're if she was going to be an outright hero or not because you know the trailer almost played it a little bit coy that you know maybe she's almost antagonistic but obviously it, it ended up not going that way um and the relationship between them felt strong. And it felt like, you know, someone who gave up, not gave up, but they had to make a decision and they made one and maybe they regretted it. But maybe it was the right choice at the moment. But now that that experience, that job has met its fulfillment and it, they've had to move on. Now they're not with re- faced with regret, but 
looking at the options not taken. And that's what Bo Peep represents to Woody. And so at the end of this movie, when he makes the decision not to go home with his friends, I actually found that tremendously more emotionally impactful than Andy giving away his toys. Because when at the end of Toy Story 3, you believe that the, the journey continues. These characters are all still together. Nothing has changed. I mean, everything has changed. <laughs> but the core group that survived the... You know, Andy getting older and slowly giving away all his toys. This core group that had been through so much together survived to, to play another day. And so, as much as it was a sad moment for the end of that relationship with Andy, you felt that their story was always going to continue. Um, and you didn't know what that shape that was going to be, but it's kind of like this is a weird reference to make, but if you go back, you know, one thing I always loved about End of Return of the Jedi is that you believe that everything worked out. You know, the, the the story ended, and you believe that in your mind's eye, things worked out for these characters. And obviously, there's extended universe and all this other stuff. But if you had only ever watched those original three movies, you had nothing to disabuse you of that notion. And one thing that's always bugged me a little bit about them revisiting those legacy characters in, you know, the newest tr- uh, trilogy is that you kind of took, a, took that away. Like, you could believe that after Return of the Jedi... Luke and Leia were happy. Sorry, uh, Han and Leia. Whoa. Han and Leia were happy. You know, Luke was happy. Um, everyone kind of got to live out the best versions of their lives. Maybe. Um, because it ended on an optimistic note. And then when you find out that it really life went shitty. Um, you know, Han and Leia didn't end up together. Uh, because, you know, issues with their son kind of drove them apart. Um, Luke, you know, never really got to see Han again. Uh, after his, you know... And what was the relationship between Luke and Han like after what happened with um, with, their, with uh, Han's son Ben? So like it just kind of took everything of happy, all the happy kind of ideas of what could have existed after that trilogy, and, and, and threw them away. And in this film, obviously, like you you see the next stage. It's not nearly as depressing, but now you know at the end of here that that's the end of Woody and everyone else's story as as a unit, as a team. You've had three movies to enjoy this group together. Uh, they've been through so much together, and it's been emotionally taxing for everyone. And as they got older, and this was this was actually really hard. Actually, it's funny. My wife was 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 definitely in tears at the end when he made the decision to stay. Sorry, when Woody made the decision to stay with Bo Peep, and uh, she was in tears. And my son like makes fun of her. He's like, "I really want to see it again, but mommy, I don't think you should come because it, it made you cry." <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, kid, that's a little hard. That was a little harsh." But it was definitely, even talking about it now, it actually, you know, it hits me more emotionally because, you know, you were used to these characters being this tight-knit crew, this group that would always be together, and that was actually somehow more emotionally challenging for me than Andy giving up his toys, which I did not think was possible. Um, But I guess that's why it was emotionally rending. Um, It's because before the group was still together and now they're not, and you don't know what... You know, obviously, you want to believe that you know everything ends up being good for for Woody and, and Bo Peep, but there's just something sad about that relationship between him and Buzz, which was such a huge part of the original film, the original trilogy, I guess. Um, that's sad to say goodbye, and it feels so much more final. And and the and looking back on it, the third movie isn't final, but at the time, it it felt that way. It felt like it was the the natural conclusion of the story, but really, it was only the conclusion of Andy's story or his relationship with the toys. It wasn't the end of the Toy Story. And in theory, they could have continued that forever. But now when you separate Woody and Buzz, you know, that that's it. Um, it does. It's interesting how it feels like Pixar movies 
have definitely gotten into this feeling where you have these characters affecting human life in ways that becomes more and more ridiculous. Uh, this is probably not nowhere as egregious as uh, Finding Dory, where you have all these animals basically driving a truck. Here, you get pretty close um, with Buzz, etc., uh, directing the RV to be get closer and closer to Woody. Uh, but, you know, it sets up an, an emotional moment. And what I, what I liked about this is even though you have an antagonist, it's not like the prospector it's not like like i said it's not like um uh hugs a lot because gabby is a redeemable antagonist she's someone who has gone down a dark road but it it comes from an emotional place and when she tries to communicate um and, and tries to finally get everything that she's ever wanted and has you know maybe gone through weird ways to do it um it didn't work out. One thing I was glad didn't happen, but I was so terrified of it happening, was anyone actually pulling Woody's voice box and hearing the sound. I could not handle that. In my mind, I was bracing myself for this moment that I think that would have wrecked me. I think that would have been so traumatic. You know, you've heard that that pristine voice box for, you know, four movies now. And I... That's right, I'm, I'm not even talking about this, the plot, really. I'm just kind of going on things I liked, but... I think if I had heard that, I think that would have been... I think that would have really been sad. I was dreading the moment. I was so scared that we were going to see that. Anyways, he gives up his voice box for this other other toy to reach her dream, to be able to have an experience with her own Andy. And, you know, everything that she built up, it didn't end up happening. It was so traumatic. And then the moment when it does happen... It's funny, I was talking with my son briefly, and I might add it as as a postscript to this episode. Probably not. Um, I was just kind of trying to get him to talk for a podcast, but it was kind of like pulling teeth. But, um, you know, he kind of said that when that girl was sad, you know, and that was one of the moments he liked. Not that she was sad, but that they were able to make her happy um, because she lost her parent. They couldn't find her parents. She was just standing there so sad and upset. And then you have Gabby Gabby is able to kind of create a connection with that child that that child will probably never forget um that time she got lost and separated from her family but she found this toy that made her feel safe and enough to then find her family um it's really something um there's a lot of you know it's such an interesting film because again there is no villain um there's no direct antagonist they have to fight against um there's these existential questions of one's purpose in life and and trying to find that purpose but nothing that we've maybe been used to in these movies um again no villain it really it kind of strikes me now thinking about it that way it's a it's and it succeeds so well um i haven't even talked about forky some of my sons like forky's the best part of the movie trash trash again it's almost grating at the first but it's interesting how they delve into this character who's not a toy and again it's kind of revisiting the concept from the first film of like you know you are not real you are a toy and now this thing who has been taught everything in it is designed to be disposable and now it's not disposable but it's a toy and the idea that you know the most important thing in Bonnie's life at this exact moment is not any of her other toys but this toy she has herself created and uh, it's it's interesting because I feel like it almost presupposes that they've never really had to deal with much of this in the past um or because everyone's kind of seems bewildered by this concept but I thought it was really interesting and in a way of again showing you know Bonnie's own development and uh, yeah no I, I really enjoyed this film it was I, I I don't think it needed to exist but now that it exists I'm so happy it does 
Um, I'm kind of pissed off because I have the beautiful toy box set of the first three films on Blu-ray. So now they got this fourth film. So do I have to? It, you know, am I going to end up having a new quadrilogy collection, or am I going to have to buy it separately? That's going to the collector in me hates that concept. Um, but no, I, I really enjoyed this film. Um, I, you know, I know my wife did. I know my son definitely did. It's something I definitely cannot wait to to watch again. Um, you know, it's a bit of a tearjerker at the end. You know, Woody makes the right decision for him, but it's it's hard. You know, it's sad. Like you you know he's going to make the decision. You know he's going to decide this time he's going to choose Bo, um, but also because his mission's over, and it, it's it's sad. But it's nice to see him being able to move along, move on to the next stage of his development as a person, and that what defined him his entire life as a toy is not what will always define him. And again for people who have careers that they, they think of themselves as one thing and that's all that they are, maybe there's a next stage. But what does that next stage look like? And how? Maybe it's scary. Maybe it's scary to do something that's different. But, you know, time will move on. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's so, it's so interesting to think that Toy Story 4 is really about retirement or finding the next stage of your evolution of oneself, whatever that might be. Um, when what you thought you were isn't what you are anymore or that you've maybe outgrown that role or maybe you've just succeeded. And the idea here is that, you know, Woody succeeded in his role. He was done. Um, I like the idea that you kind of see throughout time. Again, they, they kind of play with the idea that you see Woody going through his stages of development and then kind of bringing us neatly up to the last scene of the last movie as well. This was a great film. Uh, great. Oh, I haven't even mentioned Duke Kaboom because Zach definitely liked him, uh, the, the Canadian stunt stuntmaster. Um, again, a nice fun addition to the cars. Sorry, the cars uh, to the Toy Story universe. I mean, we had a bunch of new characters here. We had Gabby. Uh, we had the kind of retooled, cool version of uh, Bo Peep by Annie Potts, who felt like she got more to do than she ever got to do in the first few films, and had a lot more development and was a lot more. You know, kick ass and cool. We have Ducky and Bunny, who are hilarious new uh, entries by uh, Jordan Peele and um, oh my, not Jordan Peele. I forget their names. Key, Key, I don't know. Key and Peele. I just call them Key and Peele are here. They are awesome. They really st- steal the show every time. Um, every scene they're in, they're so much fun. Actually, I had just bought Zach, uh, Ducky and Bunny when I was away in Philly because I saw them at like a Walmart or something. And then, uh, so then we watched the movie and he loved them and he already had them at home, so which was great uh, to, to play with them. And, and uh, yeah, no, I, I, the new characters were so much fun. Um, as I said, Keanu Reeves really steals the show with a, you know, a lot of pathos. And at the end, he does definitely does have a woe moment, uh, which felt earned. Um, this was such a, such a really enjoyable, great family film. Um, it's so interesting because as an adult, like you know, I've been I've been watching Toy Story since 1995. I remember watching it when I was what almost 12 years old. Uh, seeing was it 12? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I was seeing Toy Story 2 when I was almost 16, and then seeing you know Toy Story t- uh, 3 when I was what uh, 26 and a half, which is such a weird you know to jump ahead that far. Um, to, and then now to watch the new one, and like I watched the first one when I was 12 years old. And now I'm watching the you know the fourth iteration with my son who's six. Like that's kind of a weird trippy mindfuck that you know they. But they've had such quality. Like there's never been a bad Toy Story film. I mean they've had four of these films. Um, there's you know no other Pixar um, series has had that many films. I guess three is kind of the, the longest they've gone. I guess with Cars three. Uh, every, most of the other ones have only had two, if if any. And yet this you know has retained its quality in a way that is just insane. I mean, the first one's so good, and yet the second one's better, and then 
I'm starting to think the third one's actually better than the second one. I, it, I did not originally feel that way. But now Toy Story 4 is really a contender because it's just such a strong film. Um, I don't think the Randy Newman song is nearly as memorable or classic as the, as the others. Um, I would say, you know, obviously the, the more iconic songs are, are better. Uh, his new one's okay, but it didn't really, it would, didn't wow me. But um, the emotional undertones of this film are, are just so strong. And maybe I, get, I feel that more and appreciate it more, again, because we've lived with these characters for 24 years, because people like me have as aged with these characters, uh, which is part of why Toy Story 3 really resonated when it first came out. Because, again, I felt like giving my toys away to the next generation is hard. And, uh, but now we have the... You no, know, the not dismantling, but we have the separation of the core group, and that somehow hit me a lot harder. And I know my wife definitely felt the same. I don't think she was ever as emotionally invested in the Andy giving away his toys as I was, but I know that she really, I think, took it hard and in a good way when he chose love, when he chose Bo, um, Woody, that is. Anyways, I really enjoyed this film. Um, I don't know if I get this five out of five toys, but I think I would. Like I don't, I don't think there's much wasted in this film. Uh, it's got a lot of fun. The animation obviously looks amazing at this point. I feel like we don't, we just kind of take it for granted that every Pixar film is going to look magnificent, and it does. Um, and if you haven't watched this, but somehow have listened to me talk about it for well, not actually 24 minutes because I did a lot of preamble, but um, you know, go watch this film and if. You know, go watch it again and again and share with your family. And it's just such a good film that's good for everybody. Uh, Pixar doesn't get enough credit for really just making solid... I think actually maybe... I take it back. They do get enough credit most of the time. But they put together such such enormously affecting emotional movies which entertain. They're fun. um, They definitely tickle the heartstrings. Sometimes more. Sometimes they stamp all over them, and uh, but they're they're memorable. And I definitely cannot wait to watch Toy Story four again. Probably not in theaters. Uh, my son thinks my wife is a wimp <laughs> because she has tears. But you know there were tears of happiness, but also you know being sad at a very emotional moment. Anyways, thanks again for listening to this episode of Comic Shenanigans. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can read and review the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Uh, thanks again. And um, the next episode will actually not be about Far From Home because uh, I have, will not have uh, gone yet or at least not have seen the film yet. So it should be a conversation instead with um, um, uh, someone else, uh, a listener of the show, uh, to talk about... Um, what should we call it? Um, uh, Thor by Walt Simonson. And in a couple of weeks, we should be having the second part of our conversation on the Thor Heroes Return Omnibus Volume 1 um, that I'll be having with uh, Tim Riley, who will be making it back to the show. So we just have to schedule that out. And soon we have episode 700, which I am woefully unprepared for. I feel like in previous years, I've had a lot of ramping up and I've been recording all these segments and I really haven't done that this year. So I'm not really sure what, uh, what it's going to hold. I don't know what we're going to chat about. I don't know who's going to be on it, but it might be a more intimate affair than the previous kind of five, six hour marathons that those were, which were probably, you know, too much, uh, for what they were. But, uh, anyways, thank you for listening to this episode and listening to me ramble on about Toy Story 4. Fantastic film. Go see it. Highly recommend it. Bye-bye. So, Zachary, you recently saw Toy Story 4. What did you think of it? So good. How good? Like, like the best movie ever. Best movie ever? Mm-hmm. Was it a happy movie or was it a sad movie? Happy. Happy? Did it make you laugh? Yeah. Who was your favorite character? Forky. What was it about Forky that you liked? Trash. I am trash.
Oh, he thinks he's trash? <laughs> Pretty funny, right? <laughs> what else about the movie did you like? Uh, I like... Dukaboom. Dukaboom? Okay, that's good. Was any was anything sad about the movie? Uh-huh. What was sad? When, when the... When the kid with the orange shirt lost his mommy and daddy. And what happened? When, when, when a kid with an orange shirt lost his mommy and daddy. Okay. That's really sad. What else was sad? Was Woody leaving his friends sad? No. You don't think that was sad when he said goodbye to all his friends and went with Bo Peep? Oh, yeah, that was sad. Yeah? Do you think Mommy liked the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to see it again? Uh-huh. Well, we got to get it at some point, right? In three days, I want to see it. You want to see it in three days? Uh-huh. Well, you can't One see day, it. One day, two days, three days. You can't see it in three days, but yeah. maybe someday. Okay. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing your thoughts. I appreciate it. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye.